Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Talk Star Wars, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Talk Star Wars is a production of Emotionally 14. For fantastic podcasts, video series, blog posts, and much more, visit us on the web at Emotionally14.com and enjoy content for the permanently teenaged. Hello there, and welcome back to episode 170 of Emotionally 14's Talk Star Wars podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Brad. Hello there. Hello, 170. Yes. That feels like a big deal, even though it isn't. I know. It 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 doesn't even... 170, no, it's a round number that implies we should be celebrating it, but at the same time, it's not significant in the slightest. No, and I I was hoping, I was wondering, does it have any kind of Star Wars context, but No. no... Nope. No, this is nope. it. It's just it's just a cool sounding number. Yeah, so that's always nice. I, I can't. I, I'm not allowed to do maths jokes under the current Geneva Conventions. I can't even do something like, "Oh, it's two in base eighty-five." <laughs> uh, no, this is true. How yeah, are you doing? I'm I'm fine. Um, I don't know why I decided base eighty-five was a good be a good punchline. It's going to be that sort of a day, apparently. Well, apparently so. Um, we'll just write it out as yeah. best we can. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been good. Been talking, been starsing, been warsing yourself. Uh, just the wars, but you know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, nothing. So, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know what I mean. Uh, no, I'm I'm fine. I've uh, nah. been enjoying the uh, nice weather that's turned nice again, and I've been walking a lot more, which mm-hmm. is always nice. Taking advantage nice. of the uh, fresh air, and well, I say fresh air. I work in the city, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's all it's all fresh in a relative sense, you know. It's uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time, nonetheless, it's better than being you know cooped up indoors like i've otherwise been doing or sitting on a bus yeah which I feel you know, that. or definitely uh better than sitting on the tube which sucks especially when you can't mm. sit because busy and you yeah, can't stand no, because enormous no one likes a tube. I, I get some people like trains some people like buses but i don't know anyone who actively enjoys being on the tube no the only people i can think of are those people who just go on their in their pants every year 
You know the ones? Uh, yeah, I do know the type of person. Yeah, it's it's it, you know if that's your bag, then more power to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm glad that you reserve it I, for the day when it's encouraged. <laughs> yeah. As opposed I to feel just like make, make it more of a challenge. I should do it in January or something. That would be something. I feel that would separate the men from the boys. Yeah, I mean, and it the would girls separate from women. <laughs> yeah, and the sure. miscellaneous from the miscellaneous adults. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Anybody who We're covering all the bases here? Sure, yeah. No, I think you've done done an admirable job there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Oh, I, uh, I did. I did sorry, do a Star Wars. I did a Star Wars thing. Okay. I went to uh, over in Deal, which is a, a town about an hour away from where I live. There was a, a Star Wars charity day, uh, raising ah. money for these two young boys who weren't very well to get to go to ah. uh, Disneyland, uh, and it was great. There was it was just like a like a fate. There was rides and sideshows and attractions and stuff, and loads of great cosplayers mm-hmm. as well. Um, my daughter met Darth Vader, got a little bit scared. Met I think you say met Darth Vader, got choked out. It's like whoa, <laughs> this escalated. No, she, she, she was really quite excited to see him at a distance when she got up to meet him and he started talking to her she she wasn't so keen on that but, I, she um, was like that with me last she, time i saw her though yeah and you had just choked that bloke so maybe there's a link i mean it, yeah i mean it's fair to say that i am the personification of all evil yeah so that's uh it's I your tinder bio i don't think, <laughs> i don't think i'm out of my depth and i don't think i'm off my tree out of my tree to say that uh it is fair for kids yeah. to fear me yeah um, um yeah but that that was great i saw admiral piet there um, oh nice yeah no, and, but it was it was really weird there were guys there signing stuff mm-hmm. and for in the in the kindest possible terms uh the barrel scraper had come out in an attempt to find these guests did, ooh, ooh, um, did because, they have the guy who banged his head no, no, no oh. one's so famous. There was like a background alien in Solo. There was a generic stormtrooper, generic Wookiee. There, was, there were guys uh, who I'm sure have very interesting stories. I'm sure it's not the only acting they've done. I'm sure they're stunt performers or prop workers or others. Because yeah. the guys who do that kind of extra work tend to be special effects guys yes. or stuntmen as well. So I'm sure they're, they're lovely people and they gave their day up to do this charity thing. That was great. Yeah. But um, I wasn't interested in parting with money for their autographs. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, they, they did a good thing by turning up yes but admiral piet was there um the rich i want to say richard le parmentier is that right no it's uh kenneth something oh kenneth, kenneth collie that's the one kenneth collie yeah yes. um but for some reason i just, we just made eye contact it was just like in a, a hotel or a, a working man's club so he was just sat in almost like one of those couch seats you get in pubs in England, I assume you get from other countries as well. Yeah. Um, so he was just sat there with his stuff out and just smiling at people. What? And uh, I know, right? He's what? <laughs> sat there with his photos and things to sign oh, out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, we just made eye contact. We just and talked my to, brain... I was going to say, because that's the bit that creeped me out, is the idea that you made eye contact at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for some reason, my brain skipped over the fact that I was at a Star Wars thing and there was Star Wars actor signing it just kicked straight in with that's Admiral Piet yep oh yeah okay I see what you're <laughs> yeah, saying yeah that's Admiral Piet yeah what's, what's he doing here oh of course that's why he's here yeah the reason, my, my brain the same just, reason I just am skipped, it just skipped a groove for a yeah. minute and then carried <laughs> I suppose you're wondering how I got here well <laughs> since you ask I drove yeah well short story I used to be captain and then it went very quickly for me yeah absolutely <laughs> um, I, I was in the right place at the right time 
but not quite the right yeah. place. <laughs> not not too, no, but, uh, not too he, close. He looks healthy. He looks well. He looked happy to be oh, there. Good, and obviously, good. he he was giving up his time to do this, this yes. charity thing as well. So yeah, which is always nice. Yeah, no, he, yeah, absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah. Um, understand they raised quite a lot of money doing it so uh, it, it was nice to be a part of that as well yeah nice uh, fun, so fun little um, t- TSW story about uh, Kenneth Colley Jeremy uh-huh. at the Retro Inc podcast who yes. was there who was there with me uh, in a toy box capacity back when we did the toy box uh, we uh, Jeremy showed him how to work the Premier Inn coffee machines oh, okay. because he was staying in the same Premier Inn as we were and uh, was getting breakfast and couldn't work out how the coffee machine yeah. works because it is baffling. How he must have been running through some sort of joke or quote he could have made. I, we were, we but were, we tried, we My tried so hard. Just... Yeah, we were both sitting there afterwards, going, "Was there anything we could have? Was there anything you could have yeah. said?" Because obviously, I wasn't there, but I was, I saw it, yeah. but uh, I didn't, I didn't participate. Because obviously, <laughs> that would be a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but it's hard. There's not actually you can just say, oh, you're in command of the coffee now. Admiral Pierre is a bit of a reach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's. I I probably screw up completely and just go. Lucky he didn't get an eye wing to the face. <laughs> Could have been a lot worse, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's people with eye wings to the face, just so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, he uh, he showed Kenneth Coley how to work the Premier Inn coffee machine because, like I say, they are a minefield of not knowing how they work. So Yeah, apparently. You know, yeah, well, clearly. But uh, Jeremy was on the case and coffee was imbibed by Mr. Coley. So, you know. I know that's part of the reason I'm glad to hear that um, he's he looks well because when we saw him last time, I mm-hmm. didn't feel so strongly about that. Oh, really? Yeah, he, so maybe, he just, maybe he's just having an off day or maybe I just read too you know read too much into things and you know how i worry mm-hmm. and uh that maybe that's it you know maybe it's just me overthinking things so we do have an email this we week. do yes we have we have a few actually because i get the feeling Excellent. that uh people heard us lamenting the lack of them last week and you know we handled it like bosses like you do we handled it like guilt tripping bosses absolutely yeah we kind of like, like well, well you know you could yeah. i can give you christmas if you were day a off podcast we'd email you yeah i could give you christmas day off i guess but uh, yeah. you know how are people supposed to know what films are on yeah. <laughs> uh but as i say our our loyal and wonderful listeners obliged and uh, we do have some you know we have some stuff to to sort of chew over and also vanity fair helped us out there as well because they really did there's a little bit they're, they're to, uh, big, they are big fans of the show yes i think they're the ugandan contin- <laughs> contingent yeah, they, they, yeah. they gave us an inside scoop through their facebook page direct yes. to our news feed who exactly. very very uh very good at helping us out there very generous so uh our first email comes from vesuvi the ever loyal and uh vesuvi writes thanks rob thanks brad thanks bitey rancors Thanks, Chewbacca rap albums. Thanks, hypothetical Labrador retriever eating. Dude, you know, I need to go back and listen to the shows after we publish. Because I, I, to, I always get I listen to them on the day they come out. And yeah. then I have a, a weird thing. I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm, I'm doing like so many micro projects rather than this being kind of like my main right. thing I look forward to. I mean, I, I look forward to this every week, but I have, I have other things to do. That's fine. Um, That's an untaken. Carry as on. you know, uh, we. we <laughs> We're all doing lots of stuff for E14, so yes. uh, it, and, and some of us have to work outside of that as well. And um, yeah, that would be do... everyone. Yeah. Which? Shut up. So, uh, 
<laughs> anyway, um, sorry, you were saying. What happens is we record a show on Thursday night and then my memory completely wipes everything I've said during the podcast. It's like doing a stand-up gig. I love doing stand-up, but as soon as I came off the stage, I couldn't remember what I'd been talking about, but I'm, yeah. I was just assured that it was funny. Yeah. Um, and I don't then hear the podcast again until Monday when it comes up in my podcast feed. Yes. But in the interim, the people who have it on Patreon have listened to it and messaged me on Twitter these yes. obtuse, vague messages about a conversation <laughs> I don't remember having. <laughs> so I just have to give – I kind of have to be like one of the pea bugs from Bugs Life and just give this kind of smiling shrug. So, sure. Hey, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cool. Neb, yeah. What a funny one. That's all. Oh, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. You know, I, and then I, it isn't until I hear it again on a Monday. I'm like, yes, okay. I know. I know what the strange people. I understand what they mean now. Yes. now. Yeah. Um, and then I forget again, and then the cycle begins again on Thursday. No, that's fair. I mean, I'm the same to a slightly different extent because obviously I listen. I do the edit, and then I don't listen to it ever yeah. again. Uh, yeah. You know, I download it because obviously got to get them numbers up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't actually go back and listen to the show after unless once I've done the edit pass, that's that's as far as I go with it, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think is fair enough. Ultimately. Yeah, totally. Um, because I do a lot of stuff, as you rightly pointed out. You know, there are lots of things that go into making all this wonderful stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, let's be honest, you do all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how much that means kind of in a relative sense depends on week to week, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah no, it's fair to say I do a fair bit, you yeah. know, not to put too or, fine a point on it. Yeah, it's fine. I yeah. just turn up. No, I mean, you, you know, you are, you, you help in your own way, which is to say Good. a way that makes it very much easier for me to do stuff. So, you know, yeah. Well, anyway, it ticks over on the editing, but yeah, well, you know, <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's put the Christmas pudding away. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> I don't even know if we've ever acknowledged that joke, but whatever, no, it doesn't don't. matter. Let's leave it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's me fine. Uh, you have to go. It's, it's, it's in the third age. Yeah, exactly. Who, who, who knows and who much cares? Who knows? Blake's a centaur who can keep track. I think Tim will pick up on it because, Good. yeah, Tim. Tim's pretty – I mean, Tim's pretty, but <laughs> <laughs> have you not, have you seen him? Oh, my goodness. Uh <laughs> Anyway, Vesuvi writes... Vesuvi, yeah. Because yesterday, as of me typing this message, was the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace, many content creators have been lauding their favourite scenes from it. There are numerous cherished segments in it for me, but one that I haven't heard many emphasise is when Anakin presents the Japur snippet he carved to Padme, which of course gets a callback in Revenge of the Sith. Do either of you revere subtler moments that stick out among the flashy ones? Ooh. Hmm. That is a good scene, actually. Yeah, it it was nice to see it again in Revenge of the Sith that was played quite nicely yeah uh, suddenly uh, Phantom Menace is not a movie known for its subtlety <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> yeah let's yeah let's get a choir chanting in Sanskrit to undermine, <laughs> to yeah, undermine exactly. my point that will really um, no, no that's just a really really uh, sort of subtle really quiet I, really I, normal I, thing I, I don't know if subtle is the right word because it is still quite pantomime, moustache twirly, but I do like the exchange between Maul and Sidious on Coruscant. That is pretty cool. It's it's very kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. Subtlety is not necessarily the word, but it's very understated. Mm, it's not a yes. big, oh, we'll get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not like Austin Powers. Yeah. I get the feeling that Austin Powers ruined that for movies because I don't see it, it as much well. anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm okay. not saying it's a bad thing by any means. I mean, for one thing, I love Austin Powers. Yeah. But yeah. just I get the feeling that since then it's been harder to justify doing things like evil laughs and stuff like that in movies, even if it's for comedy effect. I think Austin Powers just did it so well. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's killed it. Yeah, I yeah. think you might be right, actually. Yeah. I did. Good, I like that. I, I remember reading somewhere that that was also the reason that they went super gritty with Bond, was because Austin Powers had kind of sent up I, all the camp. I could, I could very readily believe that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I was about. I'm trying to think of my choice on that one. I really like the the interplay between Anakin and his mum, like especially the yeah, last scene where oh, they sort the, of part. The last scene was, that gets me a bit actually. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet, you know. Yeah, and I think it's nice that she's so kind of selfless. Mm. You know, she doesn't get she gets she does get a fair bit of credit, but I think it's yeah. always fair to point out that she's you know a nice mum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's a good she's a good mum. Yeah, I'll stay here and be a slave. You go have fun. I'll hold the coats. Exactly, yeah. But at the same time, she does it without, you know, she's not grudging. No. She's not like muttering as he walks off. Not well, not in the original edit, no. No, none of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it, that was a special edition change. Yeah, special but, um, edition change where she's like, Tch. I'll bet he's... I suppose I should flog this droid and give myself away for free. <laughs> I'll bet he's See, I remember him. that. I bet he's left his pants in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bad so how, did he leave, how did he leave without his shoes? <laughs> left his shoes behind. What, what am I going to do with this pod racer? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he sold that, didn't he? They sold it to get some money. Right? Sure I, I thought that they the just film. they wagered for pod racer, but then Anakin won. Yeah, but I think he came back and said, "Look how much money we got." Doesn't he say, "Like, look how much money oh, we got maybe. from selling the you pod racer"? Be, now you've said that, that's wrong, Bill. Yeah. yeah, I don't know for sure, but. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about it from Vesuvian next week because yeah. she's usually pretty good at confirming or denying these have, things. Have they ever established what that giant plasma ball lamp that Boss Nass is holding at the end is supposed to be? I think it's just a bit kitsch. I think that's yeah, the whole it's thing. It's not actually associated with anything. It's just let's well, we better give him the plasma ball or he'll never leave. I don't know if it's just uh, if it's just a um, a ceremonial thing, yeah, I, I I don't know if it's ever been. Let's have a look. Consult. No, the I, old, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know. I, 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 it's just one. It's always been kind of incongruous to me, and I've always kind of felt was there a bit of dialogue or a bit of plot cut out that that was supposed to be a thing. Yeah, maybe it's it's hard to but, say um, for sure. Is it just a deactivated one of those EMP ballista things that the Gungans have? with lucky landslots? You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It looks kind of similar. It's called the... Oh, here we go. It's in the... It's in the uh, of course, it's in the Star Wars fandom. Um, you're on the canon section right it is the canon section yes okay cool Uh, it's called the globe of peace right so it symbolised the many years of peace on the planet Naboo uh, and it was designed to seal it's basically there like a record of the of the peace treaty okay so it it was made for that ceremony yes oh okay cool presumably uh, once they realised they didn't need the shields as much yeah that's fair 
Boss yeah, Hass, okay, you strike well, me as somebody I, 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 who in peacetime needs to worry about force lightning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do live underwater, so I guess electrocution's a risk. I think that's fair to say. It's probably one of the yeah, biggest risks. You know, Jar Jar Binks and toasters, I can't imagine they go well together. <laughs> Let's be fair. There's a lot of things, but Dexter's <laughs> ain't one. <laughs> this is why the laptops have to be done in a microwave on the boot. <laughs> Can't be trusted with the grill after last time no. either. Uh, where so are we? So pop and or ping toaster pastries. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'd forgotten. <laughs> where were the, we? So, the problem comes when the audience forget as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's our, our subtle. Yeah, our favourite Shme- bits of Shme- subtlety. and Anakin. It's understated. Favourite bits of subtlety and Phantom Menace is George Pink's electrocuting himself with a popped up. Exactly. There you go. That's the stuff that doesn't make the cut. It's really. It's so mm-hmm. subtle. It's not actually in the film. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, since you mentioned in the recent the recent comic that expanded upon Grievous's backstory, if you'd like to get a gander at his species called the Kalish pre-droidification, mm-hmm. see the link below. So she's included the link for our records. Um, I've actually read that comic, so I have seen it. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, they had the sale on Comicsology. Other services are available, but probably didn't have sales that day. Okay. Cool. So I picked up a load of the uh, Age of Republic stuff. Um, Any good? Yeah, they're not bad actually. The, the I don't know whether they're just kind of... I, I get the impression they're just sort of starter ones to kind of get the stories going in various different mm-hmm. threads. Of the five I bought... Let me think which ones I bought. I bought Grievous, Mace Windu. Was it Mace Windu? Or was, oh, no, there was an annual that included Mace Windu, Asajj Ventress, and a third one that escapes me. Okay. Dooku, Django Fett, Annual, yeah, that's kind of. I looked at Wikipedia, but it's kind of what I remember. Them yeah. looking like so there are used. others, but they weren't on sale, so I didn't buy them. But there's things like there's yeah. Qui Gon, there's Obi Wan, there's Yoda, I think. But um, yeah, of those, I think the Ventress one was actually the one that I quite I liked the most. That's because she's one of the best characters. Yeah, but it was also short and sweet as well. There's only about I think it was about eight pages out of the issue. It wasn't it wasn't big. But it was a really mm-hmm. good. It was a really good story, and you know everybody loves Ventress. It's just the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's just the rules. Um, what else? So yeah, I read those. I've got. I got five, and I can't remember for the life of me which ones mm-hmm. they were. I know Grievous was in Yoda? there. I don't remember there being a Yoda. Okay. They were. I will say part of the fact. I mean, I only read these a couple of days ago, which is not the best uh, advertisement for them because I've forgotten yeah. them all. Um, I couldn't tell you what happened in them, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, uh, where are we? Recently purchased. Ah, oh, need to update that. It was uh, it's a Grievous, Django Fett, um, Grievous, Django Fett, Dooku, a special Darth Maul. How did I forget Darth Maul? Yeah, there was a Darth I Maul one. Okay, cool. Yeah, Maul, Grievous, Django Fett, and a special that included Mace Windu, Asajj Ventress, and uh, Commander Cody, I think. Okay. Uh, And then, uh, say, yeah, Dooku, Grievous, Republic, Django Fett, Darth Maul. There are hero Mm -hmm. runs as well, but it was all the villains that were on sale. So Mm -hmm. I was right on that just to make sure that I uh, got a chance to read because, you know, I'm trying to take advantage of the comics when they're Mm -hmm. there available and affordable totally fair yeah i think so i've made a note of the ones that were the heroes so that when they do Mm -hmm. go on sale i can make use i can uh, take advantage of them as well uh yeah did you have a chance to have a look 
had a quick gander. Yes. Yeah. 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 They, you know. they, I remember a Star Wars Insider article a few years back, probably around the time of Avenger or a couple of years after Avenger of Sith. It was like a fictional backstory for Grievous, and that mm-hmm. was the image I remembered it being like. I think yeah. even that uh, article got superseded by proper expanded universe. Yeah, that sounds that about material right. Material later on, obviously, then that's now been wiped as well. So, yes. God knows where this guy comes from. And this is, yeah, I say this is purely from the Age of Republic issue mm-hmm. one. So he's got his and own. Is, is story. it like an origin of Grievous? Uh, no, basically, what it is, it's a it's a story that then I think he. I'm trying to remember how it goes. It's, it's sort of. I mean, obviously, this is kind of mild spoilery, but mm-hmm. um, he it's like a dream sequence or a flashback or something or some sort of okay. vision. Um, and it's kind of, I think it's, chemi- I can't remember if it's chemically induced or something like that. It's in, there's an induced kind of hallucination or something, and it shows mm-hmm. his, it shows him as, you know, as a pre augmentation, yeah, okay, pre armor. Yeah. So uh, okay, yeah. cool. It's a good story. I recommend it. Okay, cool. And since you brought up the 17th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, you did my favorite moment without a doubt is young Obi Wan's two word reply to Padme and Anakin's botched rescue mission to Geonosis, yeah. delivered as they're all fettered in the Petronaki Arena. It's probably the quote that replays most often in my head, especially in real-life situations. Yeah. I think I'd probably use it quite a lot, actually, now I think about it. Good job. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's yeah. lots of Star Wars quotes just into uh, yeah, and it's, some bunch of saying thinking. Some of them work easier than others. Yeah, but anytime anyone says to lock a door, I, I instantly have to say and hope they don't have blasters. Yeah, well, that's, that, that one, that kind of works. Let's say... Mm. Watch out, you don't get an A-wing to the face to Kenneth Colley is tenuous. <laughs> yeah. Not least of all, because it's a special edition deleted line. So, you know, it's... Just, I'm going up to the bridge. Mind yeah. you, don't take an A-wing to the face. What are the chances of that happening? I, I explained that to the police at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, the, I say, I think the full line goes, I'm on my way up to the bridge to watch the battle. Mind you, don't take a tie to the fa- uh, an A wing to the face. What are the chances of that happening? Ha 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 ha. Anyway, see yeah. you later. <laughs> yeah. I think the original part was supposed to be played by Harry Hill. Hence, the what are the chances of that happening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we we kind of agreed with the suit to it, didn't we? That yeah. was one of yeah, our favourite lines. It's, isn't a, it? it's a good line for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the suit continues. I respectfully disagree with Brad that Yoda or the Jedi at large were aware of the commission of the clone army. Just be clear, you don't have to respectfully do it. That's fine. I mean, but, you know, Vesuvi does. It's just her way. Some people just disagree. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm a main man here. It it was my impression that Obi-Wan informed Yoda of the troops, which he did via holographic communique from Kamino as Jango Fett attacked him. Mm-hmm. Yoda then chose to make use of the clones in a pinch during the Geonosis situation, which played right into Palpatine's plan. They couldn't put the genie back in the bottle at that point. Sifo-Dyas had visions of the galactic conflict, inspired by Palpatine perhaps, which spawned mm-hmm. him to create the clone, uh, contract the clones' creation in the first place a decade previous. It all seems like long-game chess moves, as Palpatine orchestrated the situation in which the Jedi would feel compelled to utilize the clones, dragging them into a war which really should never have been in their purview, poisoning the peacekeepers for their violent demise. Despite how these things are presented in the movies, they seem to follow a shifty logic. But hey, whatever makes sense in one's own mind, I'm a huge proponent of headcanon. I'd love to hear Brad's rationale if he ever wants to share that with us. Well, the floor is yours. I've never been rational in my life. Do you want to make a um, habit of starting? Do, 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 do. Um, no, uh, I, 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 there's nothing I can disagree with there, purely because for Sue, he knows this movie in particular better than I do. It's been a while since I've seen it. Okay. 
Um, but that was, was it wasn't that I I didn't mean to come across as saying oh Yoda knew about the clone army I was hypothesizing as to whether he did or not mm-hmm. um, so no, there's nothing I can disagree with there no fair enough I mean my uh, I was thinking back on it after we talked and I think my my under my well my understanding of it my impression of it has always been that actually Cypher Diaz was just a name they gave on the invoice mm-hmm. yeah and it was actually Dooku and Palpatine who were responsible for that see that's what i kind of thought because um, i wondered if uh, originally going Mm. back when i first saw it i wondered if it ever was a cypher d it's just because it sounds a little bit like a made-up name a vague and it sounds a bit like a vague anagram of sidious yeah i see but that would be a deep cut if he's managed to find a bloke who's yeah yeah yeah. it it, it didn't make sense in uh, as things developed but that was my initial take home from yeah yeah um that's always been my kind of feeling on it is that it was a you know it mm-hmm. was a, it was a Sidious plot and it was Cypher Diaz was I never it's interesting before Jedi Lost mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought he was involved that Cypher Diaz could possibly be involved and it was all just a kind of ruse mm-hmm. but actually the fact that he's got those kind of yeah mild spoilers for Jedi Lost these kind of apocalyptic visions Mm-hmm. Although I think in the story they appear in the context of the place they are and the time they're in, right? They don't. I mm-hmm. don't don't recall ever hearing him mention like a future, you know, a really futuristic one. But then at the same time, I've only listened to it the once, and I haven't been back and checked mm-hmm. since. So I may well be out of my tree. Kind of established in Empire Strikes Back, where predicting the future is incredibly difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, always emotion. The future is, as they say. Exactly. So the, yeah. idea, the idea that uh, it's going to be anything hyper realistic that you can glean from it is kind of mm-hmm. what's the word um sexy sure <laughs> that was, yeah it works as good as i've got yeah. uh it, but but yeah that's kind of how i've how i sort of see it you know mm-hmm. the um that it was a, a cypher ds was just a kind of a patsy one way yeah. or another, i guess yeah. you could say still one way or another yes that that would be accurate that he was mm-hmm. either a sort of a name that was chosen by Dooku because he was dead mm-hmm. by that point, maybe who knows, yeah. uh, or it was you know maybe he's involved in some sort of what's the word uh, in some sort of loose capacity, mm-hmm. and actually he's part of the whole deal up until a point where he's no longer useful, and then he's dispatched. Yeah, it would be just like Dooku. He's a wrong one. Should watch him. Yeah, he has his moments. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty much constantly after <laughs> the events of yeah. Jedi Lost, really, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah. But Vesuvi continues, cheers to Brad for getting carded while, pers- while purchasing an energy drink. Yes, one of my life highlights. It's interesting that like when she's when I read this for getting carded, it sounds like a something some sort of act of violence has been perpetrated upon you. Yeah, like you've been attacked like, with oh, something. I got a yellow card for doing something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or you got ch- attacked by chip and pin. Somebody just yeah. Whop. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the case. Yeah. You know, that's oh, just sorry, my... for, for our American listeners. Uh, in in soccer ball, a yellow card is what happens when you have too many players on the pitch. What? No. <laughs> no just, just let it go, Rob. They know. They know soccer. They have soccer. Oh, right. They just call it the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's fun, fun, fun. Uh, (laughs) This week's Star Wars varmint to contemplate, the Jakku Skittermouse. As yet, they've only appeared in books, so let your imaginations run wild. I'll be sure to. Thanks for that. Uh, As ever, (laughs) as ever, Vesuvi, Knight of the Commonwealth. 
So well, let me imagine I should run wild. Uh, let's see. Uh, already, uh, do we have a description of? Yes, them or so there should be. You should have a link. Uh, yeah, just checking it out. Mm-hmm. Right, so reading this, reading this from Wikipedia, which is public domain, so I can. And the bastion of all reliable knowledge, yeah. as we know. Skittermice were nocturnal creatures inhabiting the planet Jakku. Industrious and determined, skittermice crossed the deserts at night in search of food and salvage to make nest and burrows, and a big pop-up of Aria Stark has just covered up the text. They were preyed upon by numerous predators such as ripper raptors, or I not coming up with these names, pole snakes, and the vicious walker bird. That, that second one sounds euphemistic as all hell. It does. Um, the skittermouse was a diminutive creature with delicate front paws, tiny claws, and scissor teeth. They communicated in squeaks. They made nests in burrows, often simply holes in stone and sand, lined with pieces of scavenged detritus, including boot leather hair and fingernails. Hmm. Groups of skittermice would pick a dead body clean, forming a large undulating mass over the corpse until it had been stripped to the bone. Once they finished lining the nests, skittermice sought out large objects with which to plug their burrows, if you know what I mean, to keep out predators. I do know what you mean. Living in the deserts of the planet Jakku, skittermice came out at night when the ground was cooler to walk upon, stayed silent while traversing the sands, and were known for their swiftness. They are preyed upon by the equally quiet walker bird, which perched overhead and swooped down to catch the mice and ripper raptors. Burrows are known to be taken over by pole snakes. There's like four animals in Jakub, by the sound of it. Yep. Typically, however, skittermice were small enough to be overlooked and skinny enough to fit inside small openings of food and salvage. Hmm. Okay. See, unfortunately, so, my imagination is wrecked by years of, you know, overuse, quite frankly. Yeah, and uh, I'm just picturing a pair of scissors with claws and teeth. Um, no, sorry, paws and claws. So just basically a pair of scissors be- with claws. That's it. I think what would be cool would be if they kind of emphasised the teeth side of it, so there was just a massive bitey head, and then a no middle, the middle bit, and then just a straight to the butt. <laughs> kind of like you know, in Labyrinth, where the guards are running around with those bitey monsters on mm-hmm. sticks, something like that, but a mouse. Okay, that 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 kind of works for me on a Good. mental level. Cool. Yeah. Um, I like, I want there to be... Box it, ship it. If there's a pronunciation guide for Walker Bird, I want it to be, hey, you said Walker Bird. (laughs) I want it to be like a pound of bananas. (laughs) Three pound of pound. I'm happy to just kind of push that so that's how all animals on Jakku are pronounced. Skittermouse. Skittermouse, get your skittermouse. Walker Bird, the other one. Ripper Raptor. (laughs) Pole snakes. Pole snakes. Get your poles up. Four pound of pole. (laughs) All right. Pretty cheap. Wrapped up tight, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving them away. There's no way to run a business. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, uh, sounds like Sean Locker had a deleted scene in Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> right, lovely Ripper Raptor. <laughs> so our next email <laughs> okay. comes from Dave in Australia. And uh, Hi, Dave. Dave writes, Good day, guys. Thanks again for some great Star Wars conversation. Thank was, you. We enjoy it too. Yes. I was wondering if you'd seen the fan edit uh, remake of the lightsaber deal with Obi-Wan and Vader in A New Hope. Yes, I have. Link included if you haven't, but uh, it sounds I sounds like you have. I have. Personally, I think it's awesome. As an OT fan and a traditionalist, I don't like to mess with things that would, may remove its unique abilities that drove me to love it, in the, uh, unique qualities, sorry, that drove me to love it in the first place. But I could really see this remake of the deal adding some substance to A New Hope. It could show how Obi-Wan is still strong in his physical abilities as he has gained greater strength with the Force during his exile on Tatooine. 
It could also make a stronger Vader connection between Rogue One and A New Hope. Tell us your thoughts. Would you approve of something like this being added to an original film to strengthen its story, characters, history, etc.? I'm really undecided on it. I like it. I'm completely opposed to the idea of uh, inserting it into the film. Um, Yeah, these... I, I get where they were coming from with it. I, I think I you, think it's really get, good. You get the it, stylistically, it's lovely. It's fantastic. You get the yeah. uh, the aggression of Vader really comes across. Yes, he's like he is in the comics. He's like he is in Rogue One. Um, it's nice to see that um, Obi Wan is good in it because he does a little bit more forcey stuff without being overtly flippy floppy like a Mexican wrestler, like he is in uh, uh, the prequel trilogy. He is mm-hmm. an older man, but still. Yeah, force assisted, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah, um, there's a lot of reasons I wouldn't want it inserted into the movie. Most jarringly of all is as great as, as much as this is stylistically great, it is stylistically completely at odds with the rest of the movie. Yeah, um, including with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shooting and... Uh, and- most significantly, the camera work does not sync up with any of the camera work in, in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very modern way yes. of filming they yeah. use, which would not fit in with them reinserting it into that scene. Uh, I love it as a fan project. Yes. Uh, I love it as a video, um, but I... I don't love it as a replacement. Uh, yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, it's, say, I really, really like it. I mm-hmm. think Dave's absolutely right that it's you know it does it does everything he says this is the mm-hmm. thing he's not there's nothing wrong with what he's saying in terms of what it achieves i just wouldn't want it in the film because not for nothing but you know obi-wan still being strong in his physical abilities does he need to be he's not a young man <clears throat> and that's fine you yeah. know and his strength lies elsewhere and his strength also not for nothing lies in seeing the bigger picture yeah. and seeing that he there are bigger things at play than just him and a uh, man yeah. in a machine having a fight, yeah, having a little sparring match, you know. Plus, plus, also, if you look at, I think one of the things that it, that uh, the duel in four does well when reframed against Revenge of the Sith is dovetail that kind of. They both know each other too well, mm. and although yeah. they've both slowed down because obviously Vader's in the suit and Obi Wan mm. is um, older, mm-hmm. they still there's still that kind of kind of like joling joling cajoling there's still that there's still that interplay where they're trying to find a a hole in the other Mm. one's guard and things like that yeah and it just it works for me really well in that regard 
Mm-hmm. because the Revenge of the Sith one is, you know, one of the things I touch back on all the time, and I've written about it, I've talked about it over mm-hmm. the years, is how good the flippy sort of almost like choreo- uh, choreography stuff looks and how mm. cool it is to see them doing it. And when people go, oh, it's daft, it doesn't make sense. Like, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from the point of view that they're, they know each other so well, they're both trying yeah. to just you know, just work an opening or just kind of illustrating a point almost. Yeah. And yeah, the duel in the new hope does the same thing for me. You know, you see mm-hmm. Vader just kind of inching forwards and, you know, they're just trying little bits and pieces, different things yeah. to try and sort of find out. It's like they know each other so well, but they've also both not been near each other for a while. They're still kind mm-hmm. of, it's very, it's very gentle in comparison. It's much more sort of teasing and testing mm-hmm. and, stuff like that and to to replace that with something f- sort of much more flashy mm-hmm. for me doesn't quite link up yeah um also i think it doesn't fit in for pacing yeah of the original movie because by that point the story is very much passed on to Luke Leia and Han mm-hmm. and for them to suddenly get center stage for a minute yeah. would be very jarring yeah I, I i do i do know what you mean i think you're right as well um that you know it's it just it jars that's the thing about it is it's really good i say it's 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 a really well done fan edit Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it works in the film Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah, i totally agree it's much like the um the certain point of view stories Mm -hmm. i like them but they don't, I don't, fit for you. I don't. They don't fit. They actually, in some places, they jar quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That's but say you can like them in isolation and like them for what they are, but mm-hmm. you can also distinguish that between yeah the uh, the actual kind of interplay in the actual story mm-hmm. overall. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dave, I hope that answers your question. Uh, he asks a second question or okay. a further question. Also, I was quite surprised to hear you predict that the new trilogy announced for 2022, 2024, and 2026 will be one written directed by Ryan Johnson. Have you discarded the idea of a Benioff and Weiss trilogy? So no, we haven't. We're, I should... we're doubling down now. We're saying it's a Benioff and Weiss trilogy. <laughs> I should clarify. This email, when we recorded on Thursday night, came in just after we finished. Okay. So, annoyingly, no, no, um, we literally we've changed just... changed our mind. Yeah. We're predicting a Benioff and Weiss trilogy. We, <laughs> we have predicted it, and what's more, we predicted it so much, we're yeah. so confident, we predicted it after it was announced, yeah. and we recorded ourselves last week saying, us, um, you know, doing a mea culpa to the fact that we, we you know, we get, we took a guess and we yeah. flipped a coin. And and 50-50 chance and we got it wrong. Exactly. You know, it happens. I mean, if you've anybody who's ever seen me roll dice knows that that's a risk. Uh, I've seen you roll dice in risk. Yes, yeah, you have actually. Yeah, you're one, yeah. Of, you're one of a few. Um, yeah, one of few. Sorry, I should say because I haven't actually played risk that much. Mm. Um, but yes. So anyway, he continues. Have you discarded the idea of a Benioff and Vice trilogy? No, see above. No, 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 totally. We're on, we're uh, on board. Benioff and Weiss consi- considering a lot of publicised angst between Johnson and Star Wars fans via social media platforms, plus the reaction to Last Jedi, do you think Disney would risk Johnson taking on a whole new trilogy? Could be risky. Could be risky considering his reputation amongst many fans. Do you think that fans would reject the idea of a Johnson trilogy and boycott the films, or do you think the fact that it's Star Wars and the fact that it's some years away to allow fans to forgive and forget, in quotes, will see fans flock to the cinema? Yeah, I think absolutely no. Disney has never, ever 
done anything than support than support Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're they're quite before Last Jedi came out. Uh, it was announced before, so because yeah. presumably it was you know it was being negotiated at the same time. Oh, so yeah, they obviously so. have confidence in him as a director, and they like whatever he has planned. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of Star Wars fans who are unhappy with Last Jedi, but time they don't great, speak. Time, time's for, a great healer as well. Time's a great healer. They also don't speak for the majority of the cinema going public. That's true. I think also it's fair to say, in contrast, that the vast, maj- the you know, the people who are very vocally supporting Ryan to the point of you know, mm-hmm. almost saccharine levels yeah. <laughs> at times, also don't speak for that public. No, no, it's fair to say. Um, they, they just, very, it, they just, yeah. Don't. There's, it, it's, it's not as big a deal as social media will let you believe. No, no it's it really isn't. not, guys. It really, yeah, it really isn't. If you didn't like Last Jedi, that's absolutely fine. If sure. you uh, had different ideas for it, it's absolutely fine. If you're not a fan of Ryan Johnson, it's absolutely fine. And the reverse is true um, too. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't... <laughs> it's, uh, any, Disney is not scared of your boycott. But then, yeah, but also at the same time, like I say, it's important to point out that the people who are... What's the word? The really vocal mm-hmm. supporters are also a tiny minority. They yeah, just, absolutely. They yeah, just, so. Everybody shouts loud. You know, everybody who shouts loud is yeah. taken the most seriously uh, because clickbait's got a click as well. So there's that. Yeah. Let's not forget that the vast majority of people who will pay money to see a Star Wars movie don't get talk about Star Wars on Twitter. They don't listen no. to Star Wars podcasts. They don't buy comics about General Grievous. So it's just for us, Disney's, when it comes to the big projects, mm-hmm. movies, which is their main source of income, and toy sales, I guess, are their main source of income for Star Wars. I'd say it's more than movies now. Toy sales seem to... I mean, based on my experience, toy sales seem to be a little bit... Okay. What's the word? Um, uh, Movie sales is what's going to generate... Movie and DVD sales is what's going to... The movie ticket sales and the home video releases Mm -hmm. are what's going to be the bulk of their income from Star Wars. Yeah. And um, the bulk of that income is casual fans. Yeah, and for that's sure. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they they're not scared of you know however many hundred or how many many thousand people aren't going to go and see this movie because there will be billions who will. If it breaks China, maybe that opens up to billions. It. Yeah. It, okay, I'm not good with maths. <laughs> I think hyperbole is where we're going. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, but you make a you make a good point. Kind of broadly speaking, it's you know. The, I mean, the boycott's one thing. I mean, if you it, ultimately don't even call it a boycott, if you don't want to see it, mm-hmm. don't go. No. And ultimately, if people, if people, if your viewpoint aligns with the broad majority, that will be reflected in box office takings. Yeah, that will happen. It yeah. won't. It won't I, do well. If you genuinely don't want to go, I wholeheartedly endorse you yeah. voting with your wallet. But yeah. um, I, I, I am skeptical as to how much impact it will have. Sure. But, you know, uh, absolutely do it if that's what you believe in yeah just you know do what you do as yeah. it, do as thou wilt yeah totally yeah uh where were we so um i i will say in day to kind of touch back on what dave was saying about ryan johnson i think it's fair to say that although you rightly point out that disney have been very supportive of ryan in so much as giving mm-hmm. him the trilogy and announcing it before last jedi and all that they have been quiet on it in recent months, that is that is true. Yeah, there's been ne- there's been nothing. 
in fact. No mm-hmm. news from him whatsoever. The, the news from him is he liked Solo. He liked the trailer for, for Rise of Skywalker. He likes movies, turns out. Okay. And he likes Star Wars. Who knew, right? I mean, that's it. I do think, I think after also, given how long we're probably looking before the first of his movies arrives, Mm -hmm. I think time will, you know, time will be a decider in that, in terms of, you know, because if it's a lot of the, a lot of the discussion is will, you know, will it kind of stand the test of time? And there's no way of knowing until time has passed because that's how time works. You know, I'm reliably informed from a book I probably skimmed once. Uh, time will determine whether or not the people who, you know, the people who who really like it or the people who don't really like something. I'm not even talking about Last Jedi. I'm talking broadly, generally. Time determines whether or not somebody who likes something or doesn't like something. You know how how much that holds. Yeah. Because if I mean, even you know, you can see it with the prequels. They're a perfect example. They did not, despite the insistence of many, come out to universal acclaim and fanfare. Mm-hmm. They were they were divisive. Yeah, totally. And had there had there been Twitter and Tumblr back then, this would have been it would have been like this. Mm-hmm. In many, you know, I think if anything, it might have been worse. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you know a perfect example of how time can sort of change people's perspective is how the t- people have adjusted to the prequels. Um, similarly, you know the number two movie at the moment is Avengers Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's only got a hundred and something. It's got a hundred and something million to go. And it's, it's widely expected to potentially go over the line, but not by as much as people might've thought mm-hmm. because it did experience some drop offs week on week. Okay. It's worth pointing out incidentally that people seem to forget that Avatar got multiple cinematic releases because they did the cinematic release when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did another one around Oscars time. It was only a limited run, but they did it. Mm-hmm. And they did a, th- I'm pretty convinced they did a third one, but I couldn't yeah. tell you why they might have. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, it might have been I, because sorry, I think, think there might have been a half an hour of extra footage added to one of the cuts. That is a thing that James Cameron does. Yeah. So I think there was a director's cut that made it to cinemas as well. It's. It's such a completely unmemorable film to me. My point exactly. It's you know in a similar in the opposite vein to how people have softened on the prequels over time. People have. It's not even that they've gone off Avatar. It's just been forgotten about. I don't even remember at the time the reviews being all that great. It was kind of it sold a lot of tickets off the hype machine, I yes. think, and the fact it pushed for three D thing more than any yes, other movies had. But sure. I don't remember the reviews being all that glowing. No, I think it was one of those movies that was just like, yeah, it's fine, but it looks incredible. And yeah. I get that. And it one it is one of those ones I watched at home and sort of found myself thinking, this probably would have been good to see in three D, you know? Yeah. But again, it's made for 3d and that's often yeah. for me that's often a thing i don't particularly care about for movies i no, don't particularly care for that i couldn't believe it. isn't it like two or three more movies james cameron has planned for it yeah it's four weird one four come on, it's dude. five in total come back to, come back to aliens dude <laughs> do the abyss too dude come, come, come back to it i wonder come what happens to, <laughs> come back to aliens yeah um we need you here we go it was Please released just just creep up behind Ridley and take him out, and then you can do your film. Uh, That'd be good. So, 
here we go. Uh, premiered, released in December 2009 to positive reviews, highly praising its groundbreaking visual effects. That mm-hmm. seems about right. I just saw reviews I've read seem to say it was a rip-off of Fern Gully. But okay. Well, yeah, but this is it. I mean, it can still be derivative and yet look nice. Yeah, now remember visuals being praised. Yeah, it was, yeah. say, you know, from what I saw of it when I was, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I watched it at home, I found myself thinking, that would have been nice to see at the cinema, I yeah. think. Um, and yeah, here we go. Avatar got a cinematic re-release in June, uh, August of 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they just they re-released it with eight yeah. minutes of never before seen footage. Eight whole minutes. I know, but it still it works because they <laughs> if it in context is actually quite a lot. Yeah, actually, having said that, according to this, according to the press release that accompanies it, it had already taken two point seven billion. <laughs> wow! By that point, so from it's the first from run, some countries. Well, indeed, you know that's the GDP of many. Uh, how are we doing for? I wonder, you know. Like it sounds, it sounds ridiculous to say now, but I do find mm-hmm. myself thinking: Will Avengers Endgame suffer the same effect, where people will just remember the kind of the key one or two takeaways and forget the rest? Will the actual film itself yeah. be kind of so much dust in the wind? Which obviously, after Infinity War, could be a lot of people. Yeah, two point two billion in theaters. Theatrical revenues. I reckon it made about four billion total Avatar if you include yeah. time release as well. Um, wow, that is really quite something, isn't it? Really quite something. Anyway, uh, Dave continues. I was under the, I was under the impression that with the groundswell of talk of an old Republic trilogy and how Benioff and Vice would suit this era based on their Game of Thrones success, that these directors would be a certainty for the new trilogy. Your thoughts? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I will say the groundswell of talk of an Old Republic trilogy is entirely fan-driven. Kathleen yeah. Kennedy said something that they're working on Knights of the Old Republic, something in that realm, but she hasn't said what. It doesn't yeah. say anything about films, doesn't say anything about games, none of that. She just says they're doing something there. Could be TV, yeah. could be a film, could be a game. Could, could be, be a remastered version of a game. Could be a remastered version of the game. I mean, that, that would be, be 15 years, maybe a little longer. So be, Could be a new audio drama. Could well be, yeah, totally. Rather than memory lost. That would be cool. I'd be up for that. Um, However, if they do an Old Republic set of films, they would be a good fit, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm amazed at the uh, backlash of people who... I I don't keep up with Game of Thrones. I think I'm still on season one. Okay. Um, But there seems to have been a backlash against them over this most recent series with a few people saying, oh, mate, I'm not fussed for them doing Star Wars now that I've seen how they treated the end of Game of Thrones. And, man, you just cannot please anyone these days. No, you really can't. Um, It's worth pointing... I do... Having I'm I am caught up. Mm-hmm. Having seen it all, I can understand why people are annoyed. I do think there there's some a little overreaction, mm-hmm. but um, I think that it's fair to say that the last series has been probably mm-hmm. the pacing has been a little off. Okay. It has been a little bit rushed. Okay. Uh, but in um, terms of I'll the story it told, I think it was good, go. and I think there'll be people will be surprised when, if, and when mm-hmm. Winds of Winter comes out. That actually, they probably have done exactly what the brief was. Mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin's probably given them plenty to work with in terms of here's how I see the story going. So Dave finishes by saying, "Thanks again for a great podcast. Thanks for a great email. Yeah, absolutely. May the force be with you. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dave, in Western Australia. We, we, Southeast England. We have some, yeah, we have some good uh, support from Australia, I would say. Alexa just interrupted me for I don't know why. That's charitable lover. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> not, you, not you, Dave. Thanks for your email. <laughs> uh, so, we have an email from Mr. Diecast Desperado. Wait, okay, yeah. Okay. You're going yeah. to like this. Yeah, okay. Go, Neb. Greetings, gents. I enjoyed episode 169. I think a, I did. I can't remember any of it. It was our Attack of the Clones retrospective. No, yes, yeah, yes, that's good I remember, remember it well. You did a great job doing the episode with little in the way of listener mail. I've been wanting to continue my Star Wars writing, and this is my latest attempt. I hope you like it. I'll may, get my hammer. May the force be with you, Despardu. That wasn't it, by the way. Oh, <laughs> just, I wrote this email. I hope you like right. it. <laughs> right, okay. Prologue. Right. right. Little Anakin Starfighter streaks out of the Trade Federation's hulking droid droid control ship as it explodes with a brilliant burst of light. Right. At that same moment, an escape pod launches from the Doom battleship. Uh Aboard the pod, a silver protocol droid looks out of the porthole, seeing the carnage resulting from the colossal vessel's demise. TC-14 wonders where fate will take her now. Okay. 22 years later. Lando watches in disbelief as Han walks off to claim his prize, Lando's treasured ship, the Millennium Falcon. Lando thinks of L3, who is now part of the beautiful freighter and has to fight back his tears. He silently promises himself, this isn't over, Solo. One day you'll pay for this. Lando ponders his life and decides he needs a break from his fast-paced gambling lifestyle. To facilitate this, he catches a transport to Naboo. After departing the spaceport at Thede, Lando walks the streets of the, the idyllic capital city. He goes into one of the many parks found in the metropolis and sits on the bench in front of a large statue of Emperor Palpatine. The statue's arms are wide open, symbolizing the peace that the dictator claims to have brought to the galaxy. Lando leans back with his eyes closed and enjoys the warm sun on his face. His thoughts wander. What's Naboo like under the Empire? Uh, so I kind of assumed it would be quite imperial controlled. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. It's in one of, it's one of the ones in the... subjugated. It's, it's one of the ones in the Jedi montage, isn't it? Feed. It's yes, one of the new yeah. ones added for the... I think it's for the DVD release. Uh, it was Blu-ray, included. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's in before that. It's in the Blu-ray for sure. Anyway. It's in the Blu-ray. Neither yeah. Nor there. Right. Uh, yeah, I get the impression. In fact, the large statue of Palpatine, that might be a callback to the fact that it's it's pulled down mm. in Jedi. I don't know if that, actually, no, that might be on Coruscant. That's in on Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. That was added for the Blu-ray. There Coruscant you go. was always in there, but the statue was added for the Blu-ray. Gotcha. Okay. 
yeah, so the statue's arms. Yeah, I can imagine that would be the kind of thing where they would put a statue up and be like, yeah, he's from, yeah. he's a hometown hero. And people are like, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, but, you know, uh, bit, bit evil. Yeah, <laughs> he's a wrong one, it's fair yeah. to say. Um, anyway, Lando leans back with his eyes closed and enjoys the warm sun in his face. Right. His thoughts wander, but her familiar voice interrupts his musings. Lando, is that you? Lando opens his eyes and sees the old Balassar with a silver protocol droid standing before him. He replies, Ilan, what are you doing here? Ilan Slees Bagano. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Surnames. Brilliant. Yeah, it's like, it's like the old medieval surf towns where the surname is the, uh, is the most yeah, telling thing about a person. That's, that's, that's canon. That's his name. Slees ba- is it? No. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Um, anyway, Ilan Slees Bagano. It, it was either the first name they came up with or the last at the end of a long night. It's five to five, guys. Can we just yeah. get, <laughs> get this done? Uh, a former dealer of death sticks has been making a living gambling. Ilan answers, I'm here for the Sabak tournament. I've had a bit of bad luck and need some credits. Would you by any chance be interested in buying a protocol droid? Lando looks over the silver droid. It looks to be in fantastic shape, gleaming in the morning sun. I- I just when it says it's in fantastic shape, I realise that obviously you talk about that when you're talking about technology as well. But I just picture it just doing squats, like <laughs> doing pull-ups. Yeah, like, these are so strong, man. These are so hard. <laughs> he asks, "How much are you asking?" Desperate for credits, Ilan quotes him a low price that he just couldn't refuse. Ilan eagerly grabs the credits and runs off. Lando gets up and walks around the droid, admiring its sleek design. The droid says, "I'm TC14, Master." Hearing TC-14's beautiful voice brings a smile to Lando's face. It's the first time he's smiled since losing the Falcon. Replying, he says, I'm truly pleased to meet you, TC-14. Suddenly he thinks, Sabak tournament? And asks TC-14, do you know what that Sabak tournament is? She answers, yes, master. Do you wish to go there? He answers, yes, lead the way. And the two go off to the tournament. Later that evening, Lando and TC... Sorry, go on. He's going to try and do it, isn't he? What's that? He's going to try and do the droid, isn't he? (laughs) I thought you meant Desperate it was a storytelling device. It's like he's going to try, he's going to do it, he's going to, he's going to tell that story. No, no, I just, he's, oh. he's gone, yeah. He's, gotcha. Uh, need an adapter. <laughs> Later that evening, Lando and TC-14 stand before his newly won starship, a YT-1760 small transport. Right. Modified with shields and weapon systems, the ship is in top condition. After looking over the ship, a woman walks up to him and says, nice ship. Lando looks at the woman in her late 30s. I was really hoping you'd just say, yes, it is. <laughs> and that would be the whole thing. Lando looks at the woman in her late 30s. She's the finest ship in the galaxy, he replies. She extends her hand. My name is Padme. He kisses her hand and says, I'm Lando. It's always a pleasure to meet a beautiful woman. She smiles and says, thank you. I really need a ride to Tatooine. Could you help me out? Tatooine? Why would a beautiful woman like you want to go to that sandpit? She says, I discovered that my son is there. He was kidnapped when he was a baby and I finally located him. I don't have much, but I'll pay you what I can. Lando says, if you only want to ride to Tatooine, I'll take you there. The three enter the ship and head to Tatooine. So I, I've already read through this and it, it yeah. Um, they land at Mos Eisley Spaceport and Padme thanks Lando and heads out into the sands. She manages to acquire an unattended speeder and zooms off. Okay. She stops near a moisture farm and watches... We'll do that with Lando now. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, Lando's... Yeah. He's done his piece. She stops... What? Yeah, she stops near a moisture farm. I thought farm. it was going to be a Lando story. At first, I thought it was going to be a TC-14 story, and then it became a Lando story, and now it's just gone off in a... It's a very next... That, it get, that's, brace not yourself. How, that's not how narrative works. Brace yourself. Uh, 
She stops near a moisture farm. You don't, just, watch... you don't just pass on the story like a baton, you know. Okay. Right, okay, I'm, I'm fastening myself in. I'll be quiet. <laughs> she stops near a moisture farm and watches from a distance. Seeing a nine-year-old boy playing with a toy starfighter, she walks up to him. The boy looks at the woman and says, Hello. She says, Hello, Luke. Looking surprised, he asks, Who are you? She answers, I'm your mother, Padme, and hugs Luke. She then asks, would you like to come away with me? I have a land speeder over there that we can take. He this nods. is like a public information film now. It kind of, yeah. He nods yes. I've, and got, the two... I've got puppies in my land speeder. Would you like <laughs> to see my puppies? Yeah. Why does your land speeder have panels? Yeah. <laughs> he nods yes and the two speed away. Across the Dune Sea. Dune Sea, sorry. Yeah. Only one feels a disturbance in the force and realizes Luke is in trouble. He jumps into his land speeder and rides off to find Luke. The force is he still takes... dressed as a Jawa? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay, I'm going with yes. Okay. The Force takes him to the Mos Eisley Cantina, where the woman is with Luke is looking for passage off-world. Obi-Wan casually approaches them and overhears the woman introduce herself as Padme and say she is looking for passage to Naboo with her son. She arranges to meet a pilot at the spaceport and leaves with Luke. Obi-Wan follows her from a distance. After moving away from the cantina, Obi-Wan catches up with the woman and asks, Excuse me, you look familiar to me. May I ask your name? She replies... I don't recognize you, but my name is Padme. Obi-Wan then realizes she is actually one of Padme's handmaidens. handmaidens. Mm-hmm. He senses that she really believes that she is Padme. Obi-Wan waves his hand and says, You're very sleepy, young Luke. You want to lay down and go to sleep. Luke yawns and lays down, going fast asleep. The handmaiden angrily asks, What did you do to my son? Obi-Wan waves his hand again and says, You are not Padme, you're a handmaiden. You will forget about Luke and go home. After repeating his words, the handmaiden walks off. And Obi-Wan returns Luke to the last farmstead, erasing his memory of this event. Thoughts? There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, so, I mean, I have one major stumbling block, okay. which is for the only... The, there's like five people who know Luke's born, yeah. and Padme's handmaidens are not one of them. That's fair to say, Yes. I mean, there's a bit in the Darth Vader comic, there's a big cover-up about the fact that the twins were born and they made her pregnant for the funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, But no one, I think it is just Obi-Wan, Yoda and the Antilles who know about the children. Mm. There's probably someone else I'm forgetting. I don't know, that weird little droid, I guess, who gets freaked out by a woman giving birth. (laughs) You you told me you'd done this before. (laughs) I was in my head when it just goes, goes ooh, bah, ooh, bah. I like to believe that's droid for, ooh, gross. Oh, no, why it's why everywhere. It all, why is it all stringy? It's pink. Why is it so pink? <laughs> now, now, next time you watch Revenge, you'll see if you're going to have that as well. Yeah, well, that's ooh, our gift to gross. you. Gross. It was. Why is that? I've, I've been present at birth, and I don't believe that paddle would be useful for anything. <laughs> that's only if you want to bat it back in. <laughs> It's like a cross between a ping pong bat yep. and something that comes with your laundry detergent to help measure it out. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's a weird kind of scoop puzzle thing. And yeah. I, I mean, contrary to popular opinion, I am not a midwife, but I cannot conceive of a single use for that. Well, I mean, anyway, if there are wizard, any midwives listening, then maybe yeah, they can anyway, enlighten us. Wizards in space before I inject too much reality into this. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do we stand on Obi-Wan the Magic Eraser? 
Well, I mean, it's probably a power he's got. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably not a power he's particularly keen on using, but at the same time, if it's no. the difference between Luke being on the planet and being nicked, he probably yeah. relaxes his... Uh, no, I understand he doesn't have to watch Luke all the time, but he's, a, he's not particularly perturbed by the fact he's briefly lost him. Well, no, I mean, he's... You know, he senses he's in trouble and goes off after yeah. him. That seems like a good, yeah. you know, as God, as kind of pseudo Godfather's. I don't go. want to bring you into a disciplinary on it. It's no. just a bit. Mm. Yeah. I, what, what's your? Mm. Um, what's uh, Lando just jets off and does his own thing? Yeah. Because at first I thought I was in for a Lando story. Okay. Well, as I said, first of all, I thought I was in for a TC14 story. Well, you know, you know what? Initially, I thought I was in for an Anakin story. Okay. Yep. Fair. Um, he was in it no. at the beginning, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it was... Very different. Yeah, it, it, it took a sharp turn. Um, yes. I do like the, what he's gone for, that kind of the mystery of this, uh, who, why is this woman claiming to be Padme, or is she... Oh, yeah. I, 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 at one point I wonder if it was going to be a ghost story, and it was the ghost of Padme coming to see oh, her son. Okay. It was, um, but yeah, that, that's my field. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that was where I went down, but uh, no, a slightly bonkers old woman is what it was. Yeah, I mean, the galaxy's got them. Yeah. There's a woman who, when Anakin's having a nice play, tells him a storm's coming. He doesn't know that. He takes, yeah. He's very trusting. Yeah. Hilari- wouldn't it be hilarious if there wasn't and she was just sick of him? Yeah. <laughs> She's just, storm's coming, Annie, you better get inside. She, she does that, it right, doesn't she? That that'll woman, show the little SMB. <laughs> she does all right, that woman. Yeah, considering the number of people who criticise poor acting in the prequel trilogy, and she doesn't get mentioned once. I don't think she has enough time to act well, badly or otherwise. Just, she acts like she's in a junior school play. I mean, yeah. In I mean, the, the, I, I don't know, it's just, it just we really don't know me out of it, that performance. We don't know yeah. the brief she was given. She <laughs> said. Act like an eleven-year-old in a Christmas play. Oh, my bones are aching. Oh, storm coming, shaking. It's she's like the community theatre from League of Gentlemen. Yeah, but that's, that's it. What that's she like, that might that might be what she's maybe she's meant that to be a, a sort of. That was a brief. I mean, yeah. I'm being unfair. She was doing a good job. It was just other people weren't. Maybe. Well, no. Maybe she was. Maybe she was given the brief of like be a little bit sort of over the top and dr- over dramatic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I think you make excuses for Rebecca. Okay. Yeah, but I think, you know, we've all been guilty of it. Yeah, all right. I don't think you want to go down this route because I don't think it's one you can win. <laughs> Are we friends or not? I can't keep track. Oh, who keeps track? Yeah. If somebody's keeping <laughs> records of these things, that would be uh, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah so, Mr. Despardu. No, wait, wait, wait. You just did my take. What's your review? I quite liked it. I, I, I do... I enjoy little stories that kind of you know touch on little bits and pieces that you mm-hmm. you're kind of familiar with i like the fact that lando kind of it dovetailed from lando at the end of solo into a mm-hmm. you know what what did he do next where did he go from there but it didn't linger too long on how long did you know this is we're talking a couple of days yeah worth of travel and stuff and that for me is kind of that's all i really want from a from a kind of immediate aftermath story, mm. you know? I did uh, come back, I was saying about it, it jumped from character to character. TC-14 was completely superfluous for his story. It could have been literally any droid or even just Elan told him where the, cor- the Sabacc tournament was because yeah. she, she got this big escape scene getting off the mm-hmm. Trade Federation battleship and then she was basically a sat-nav. Would, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I can't really argue with that. No, okay, cool. Not that I'm trying amazingly hard, but... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the equivalent, like the, uh, <laughs> the debating equivalent of an open goal when I don't care enough to... <laughs> I don't know how you would quantify that in a in a sporting context. But uh, no, I, I don't know enough sport. No. Anyway, no. anyway fifteen love. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, par four. I think. <laughs> I think it's a, a fine little yarn. Good, bit, good story. Yeah. Good story. Like I said, there's. I like the. It, it needs to tidy up. I think tiny sure. because it, it reads like a first draft. There's a lot of great ideas. It just needs a bit of a straighten. But uh, once we got to the Padme woman, it was really good. Yeah, I, I like the the. Uh, I think what Mister Desperado does. I, I mean, I can only kind of mushrooms mm-hmm. ha- hazard. A, <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I wouldn't want to impugn his good name by <laughs> suggesting one way or the other with that one. Uh, people can make their own minds up. I. I sense that what he does is kind of balance telling a story and kind of getting us to the from through the entire third like the three mm-hmm. acts without taking up too much show time reading it because yeah, okay. you know that was I mean reading that was it's like a script treatment yeah three or four minutes mm-hmm. of reading it there and I think it's it's like I say it's a, it's very well done he's easily one of my favorite fan fiction writers. Yeah, I think he would definitely uh, compete with the best of them if uh, yeah. if he was so inclined. If he doesn't already do it, if he does, yeah. then he sh- if he doesn't, then he should. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, so, Mister Despardieu, thank you very much for that. Um, and as always, we keep the invitation open. Please feel free to send yeah. over any and all um, such musings you have, and we will read them gladly. That, that's open to anyone, not just Mister Despardieu. If there's sure. a Star Wars story you've pulled together, shoot it over. Let's have a go. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. TSW Treatment Theatre. Yeah. Pitch Star Wars, I think we called it back then. Pitch Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think way back when that's what we called it. Yeah. Um, Before the dark times. Before they stopped writing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dark in the sense, for sure. So this week, kind of big news, as it were, is that uh, Vanity Fair have done a big, you know, a big spread with uh, lots of photos from the set of The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. They've done that for all of their Star Wars movies so far, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. They've Except definitely... Solo, which didn't get any promotion anyway. No, well, quite, you know. And we've said our piece on where that was not uh, optimum. And I think, you know, the box office also kind of really underlined that for us. Mm. Hate being right sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I mean, I've I've been told it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> Um, so there are 16 pictures really I mean obviously they're Vanity Fair so they're incredibly yeah. high quality yeah and uh, obviously there are some ones that are just cool photos uh, mm-hmm. but there are also some that are quite evocative plot wise as well so you okay know, let's see let's, what we uh, got go through them and see how we get on so okay what I will do for the listeners to follow along is I will include in the uh in the link you know i'll put it in i'll put it in the show description so if people want to follow along yeah. they can mm-hmm. cool. so uh our first picture is um hot take member of the crew shade and shine daniels the only cast member to appear in all, all nine of the skywalker films oh, i've got one before that oh sorry yeah so yeah uh, the ray one right yeah oh yeah so there's the there's the cover art yeah so yeah we see ray in the desert yeah jj abrams 
Jay Prims, yeah. yeah. Um, I do like her outfit in this. It's um, kind of a combination of Luke and Leia classic outfits, which I like. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, it looks like kind of, you know, light but practical. And that's good. Yeah, I, I, a, I don't know who wears that point of view. in the desert, but there you go. Well, you know. I mean, they probably, it's, it might be a Peter Cushing thing. They might take those out in post or <laughs> they might just yeah, not show them. maybe. I think that's, is that a back of Poe Dameron behind her? Uh, I can't no, see it's, it's just someone holding her staff. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things about the spread was that somebody um, referred to J.J. Abrams' look in these photos as that D-bag boyfriend from high school. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I can totally see it. It's quite funny. Yeah. Um, there's someone in camouflage in the bottom left. I'm not sure why. I think he's... Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. It might just, be, a, it might just be maybe he thinks that's a good... He, you know, feels it, like that's a good it, look. It, it took me a while to spot him, in fairness to him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So he's obviously done the... He's, he's gone about it the mm. right way, because uh, mm. clearly he's chosen the right colours, because it worked. Yeah. So, yeah, they're yeah, on totally. set recording uh rise of skywalker presumably yeah. it's the same scene as we see in the teaser at the beginning uh, or, or thereabouts yeah yeah um so we move through Second the one. the first of the 16 in the yeah. article so it's uh okay. anthony daniels in the 3po outfit yeah getting being, some contouring done getting some contouring done but also yeah. um shading and shining i would imagine yeah. probably boiling inside that suit uh it looks like a not a it looks like a warm day. He's got an umbrella. It's, yeah, but it's not his first rodeo, is it? No, for sure. You know, he's definitely got uh, experience of doing this. And, you know, maybe if anything, over time, it's become easier. Yeah, I hope maybe, maybe it suits air conditioning now. I don't know. Maybe. That would be, yeah. I mean, they probably can do that now, can't they? I, I, no, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, number two. Number two. Oh, hang on, actually. So it, they do acknowledge... Number one. They do acknowledge that Anthony Daniels is the only cast member to appear in all nine of the Skywalker films, but actually, he's, he's the only, only person who's been in all, all of them. All 11, yeah. Yes, because he's in Rogue One as C-3PO, and he's in uh, yeah. Solo as a Wookiee. Um, no, he, no yeah. he's not. He's a human in the Wookiee yeah. with the Wookiees. That's right. Because yeah, I, I, I made this mistake before. I don't know he's in the Clone Wars movie. I don't know. He might have a bit part, actually. Yeah, he yeah, might Pad, be. Padme, Padme's in it, so maybe he is yeah. after he does it. Maybe. Um, it's been a while I think for you should me revisit well. anyway, because if you can't remember it, maybe it can be a commentary we can do. Yeah, the, the amnesia cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, number two. J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams, alongside stunt coordinator Eunice Huthart, Huthart? Yep. directs the Knights of Ren, elite fearsome enforcers of Kylo Ren's dark will. Uh they I, thought look, Ro- I thought it was Ronan the Accuser at first. It does have that kind of domed look with the cape, yeah, doesn't it? The, the one at the front. The, the hammer thing. Yeah. Looks like Pike stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some of boyfriends They in look so cool. Yeah, I want to know more about them. Yes, I do too. There's one with a big gun, one with... It's really... It looks like a gun for an arm almost. Like it's kind of... You know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of... It's like a mounted canon yeah, it's like it's a, the kind of thing you have a final fantasy look yeah but it's almost like something you'd sort of point your fist out and fire like off. Yeah, yeah like a glaive or like um iron man's wrist uh the shot like the ones yeah. that are kind of on the back of his wrist yeah 
he's got a cannon for an arm but next guy along appears to have have cloud sword is there a final fantasy vibe going on here maybe um yeah what i like is actually the knights of ren that you 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 kind of when you say the knights of ren you you had kind of like medieval knights is what comes to mind echoing the jedi knights as well who you associate with shiny armor and nice weapons and chivalry and jousting and all those connotations you have with that word yeah this looks like trench fighting equipment this looks like cudgels and katars and yeah vicious stuff designed for hurting people mm-hmm. that's which very, is um, very a, cool. a, a nice subversion of what i was expecting mm. it's very very the look in general there's six of them in the shot you could only make out four of them clearly because there are two over the kind of over the back of the shot unless the seventh mm-hmm. one is the kind of peter pan extra looking character yeah. i find it hard to believe the flip-flops are part of that coordinated ensemble with the knights <laughs> of ren i think it's hard to yeah. believe i'm not saying i'm not writing it off but yeah it does seem so i mean that confirms if we didn't already suspect it that the knights of ren are in this film which i am pleased about because yes. i've been curious about them for a while yes well i was sort of hoping they would take you know in the in the story context they would act as kylo's praetorian guard Mm. you know that he's always kind of had those in place because snoke even i never thought about this until i think we talked about it i'm going back some time on tsw that we talked about the idea that snoke was almost calling him the master of the knights of ren with almost a kind of air of frivolity yeah this kind of frivolity it's like oh (laughs) the master of the knights of ren even you um couldn't get the job done yeah uh, or something or has you. never faced such a test i like it yeah yeah uh, i'm curious to I'm, cu- I'm just curious about their role in, in yeah. the story in general i'm just curious um, about their entire style and also are they, are they are they force users we don't know that we never had this all, confirmed if he's if he's kylo ren are they all going to be something ren is that uh, is that the naming convention well that's the thing you know it makes sense to to kind of hypothesize that you know that might yeah. be sort of Groucho Ren and Zeppo Ren is, and is one of them Boba Fett Harpo you know? Ren I'll throw that out there early yeah Harpo Ren there's Chico <laughs> Ren Chico Ren Stim- I want that Stimpy to be Ren. I want yeah. Chico Ren to be real to be honest I want that I want to be, be real I want this to be Knights of Stimpy okay yeah I mean I can I can see the appeal for sure yeah because uh, I'm an idiot <laughs> I do. Let's say I'm intrigued by these, just by the fact that mm. they've all got different weaponry, which says they're all going to have yeah, their own individual I mean, style. I don't, they're, they're making more of a fuss about them than I was expecting them to, and yeah. that makes usually they're going to be a bit more significant than just being his bodyguards. I wonder if there's going to be a story with them. Maybe, yeah. I think if nothing else, they're going to be his kind of um, his posse. You know, yeah, like, they're going to be his. Yeah. They're going to be involved with his sort of entourage. They might be yeah. his entourage entirely. And what's yeah. interesting about it is that they're on that same desert landscape, which suggests that whatever scene we're going to see with Ray, Kylo Ren, and the tie, yes, they're involved somehow, or they're yeah, on the planet totally. at least. Yeah. Do we know how many of them there are? Well, like I say there are six in shot. Mm-hmm. I feel like we never saw more. If we did see more than that, we didn't see many more than that. In Force Awakens, I'm, I'm in the genu- brief, genuinely interested. Yeah, in the brief shot we saw them in Force Awakens, I think we only ever saw uh, one or you know one or two more than mm-hmm. that, if more than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, six feels kind of right. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, looking, I've just pulled up a uh, a still of the scene from Force Awakens, and there are Kylo and Six. Okay, cool. So that says, you know, they're, that's probably all of them. But cool. obviously, as I say, we can't see the two at the back because they're obscured by JJ and the um, mm-hmm. pirate ex, the Peter Pan extra. That's cool. Uh, we got time. The shot. And there's also the the one at the front with the cape is kind of yeah obscuring the two at the back quite yeah. admirably. Whether that's deliberate maybe, or not, who knows? Intentionally. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh, number three. It took me a minute to see this one for some reason. Yeah, number three. Something about, something about the colour composition. It took me a couple of minutes to work out what I was looking at. I see what you mean. It's easy to kind of lose. The the contrast isn't that strong. Mm. These photos, yeah, I will say um, Livitz is a lovely photographer. She does very good work. But these are quite heavily photoshopped for contrast and brightness. Yes, which again, you may it may be a conscious choice. Yeah, it's it's not it's neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It's her style. Yeah, but that is something you have to take in consideration when comparing into what you're expecting the finished product to be like. Sure. Uh, so Vanity Fair reveals Kerry Russell as the mask scoundrel Zori Bliss, seen in the, the thie- seen in the thieves' quarter of the snow dusted world Kijimi. <sighs> A lot of people are really going for this, and I'm not sold on it. I don't know. There's something about it that I quite like the look of. I get the, I like the kind of the flintlock pistols look. I think it's because the outfit as a whole is very Stargate looking to me. It's almost Egyptian-y looking. That that kind of vibe they took. Okay. Um, and then it's all piratey. Yeah, I, I don't know. I dislike it. I'm just unsure about it. Yeah. I say I, I quite like the whole kind of the, what look like flintlock pistols in the holsters. Mm. The kind of I, I get what you mean about the Egyptian look. There's a it's something to do, I think, with the belts and the bracelets and the armlets yeah. and stuff, and they're all kind of inscribed. It's the with oversized ins- helmet as well. Yeah. That makes it look like an Anubis or Bast bust, I think. Mm-hmm. That might be an inspiration. Yeah, it might be an inspiration in in universe like not obviously with the ancient Egypt, but you know their equivalent thereof. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's of, supposed uh, to influence each other as well. It's totally, totally fine. Yeah, and that's our first mention of the planet Kajimi as well. So yes, that's going to factor in somehow. Although we don't obviously yes. at this stage know how. It I mean uh, Kajimi yes. could be where the Death Star turns up. Maybe. Yeah, it's got that same kind of um, you know skyline color. If you look in the backdrop. Yeah. Number four. Her name, her name is Kajimi. She's a black belt in karate. No, no. Her name is yeah. Zori Bliss, and she's on oh, okay. Kajimi. She's a black belt in karate. There right. <laughs> was a step missing, that's all. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Remember the flaming lips, kids? <laughs> speaking of character reveals, number yes. four. Force majeure. First order leaders, General Hux, Domino Gleason. And Allegiant General Pride, Richard E. Grant, Ooh. on the bridge of Kylo Ren's destroyer. Okay. Allegiant General Pride. It's, um, it's rather a, on the nose, isn't it's it? A, it's a good name. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an evil name, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good evil name. Mm. Interestingly, yeah. I saw somebody do a take, I think it was Slash Film, and they had to retract it because it was ludicrous, that that mm-hmm. was Hux's dad. Oh, no, that's Brendel Hux. Yeah, and he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah, let's say they did correct, but um it was a peculiar t- it was a peculiar take. 
is an assumption on their part by the sound of it. Probably, yeah. Doing there, I think so. I don't want to. I, I, you know, like I say, they if it was them and they made the mistake, they did. They did correct it. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. say by any means that they're at fault. Yeah, I. Ebron is such a good casting choice for a Star Wars villain. Yeah, he is great. Um, what's interesting though is when I don't know if you remember this when Richard E. Grant was cast. They did, mm-hmm. they did an interview with him and obviously he was ecstatic and everybody really enjoyed the fact that he was ecstatic about it because it was nice to yes. see somebody so excited about doing the part. But he said that when they announced his name, everybody in the room went, <gasps> as, if it has an, if, as if it was a name of import. Allegiant General Pride doesn't do that for me. Do you know what I mean? Well, it depends who the people in the room were. If they're just, um, would it just be our people doing the table read, I guess? I well, just thought it was a cool name. I guess so. But it, it sounded like the way they explained it, now I realise this could obviously be misdirect, but the way they explained it was almost like everybody in the room kind of acknowledged that that was something, that the name or the description of the character was something of significance. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there's a first name we're missing. Unless he said, you know, unless they said, this is Richley Grant, he's going to be playing Allegiant General Pride, you know, a first order Mm-hmm. You know, higher up in the first order, and everybody went, "Oh, what a great choice!" Yeah, I could see that. That more. could yeah, that might tied work. To the name, unless there's a first name they're hiding. But what could that be? Which not, not thrown. Yeah, not thrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not playing, despite you know people very much uh, hoping for hoping to the contrary. Young, um, not young Obi Wan, Ghost Obi Wan. Gobi one. No, it, yeah. it went, I didn't go for that. Um, no. no, I wasn't ever expecting that to be the case. No, uh, but it's certainly not the case. They can just use Guy Henry for that. Yeah, exactly. If they need to, they know he's good for. There's good value for it. So number five, Jonas Suatamo, uh, Daisy Ridley, Anthony Daniels, and John Boyega await the call to action for a chase scene with one guy who's having Doing a madness walk, having a bit yeah. of a limbo contest with himself. Yeah. Yeah, um, these um, look like the little speeder things they were they were riding on in the teaser. That yeah. sort of during the sort of again almost piratey sort of action set piece. Yeah, it's a bit Mad Max looking as well. Yeah, I wonder if that's what that's the look they're going for with this desert planet in particular. It does it? seem like they've everything I've seen of this desert planet so far is very kind of cobbled together and homemade mm. vibe. It's a Panavision camera up the front. Oh, okay. Which just reminds me when I was at university uh, in the halls, there's televisions living in the flat, and uh, the, the, they were screening the Indiana Jones movies on the BBC. They're doing like one a weekend, back mm-hmm. when there three good ones. And um, <laughs> we watched Raiders, and just as the credits were rolling, one incredibly stupid person said, Filmed in Panavision. Where's Panavision? <laughs> That's always stuck with me. Yeah, that reminds me of a friend of mine who used to work in a bank. Um, I probably can't say for various reasons. Probably, yeah. I mean, nothing else. Competition, um, yeah. anti-competition laws. I'd have to mention all the banks. But um, mm-hmm. he said that he got a, a message from his manager saying, "We're going to have to figure out what what the uh, appeal is for this place called Pastures New," <laughs> because uh, obviously he kept seeing people saying, "I'm on my, I'm moving on to Pastures New," and thought it must be a, a workplace rival, that was rival company. Yeah, that was Brilliant. particularly. Um, what's the word particularly appealing to people so mm-hmm. yeah that was uh an i quite ed- like the look of this backdrop anyway yeah it's, uh, it appeals for mad max fan of me i think yeah i think it like i say they definitely seem to be going for a, and it sort of fits right if you're talking about 
what's left of the resistance being basically mm-hmm. the crew of the Falcon and anybody who's turned up after the fact, yeah. it, it does suggest they have to cobble together and they have to scavenge for what they've got because yeah. they don't have the resources um, of the Republic. We haven't seen any extras here. It could just be the heroes. Yeah, this is it. It could just be a story centred around them, yeah. which would work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we move on from there to uh, camera, oper- camera operator Colin Anderson, ready to take uh, for a chase sequence spotlighting the heroics of Chewbacca, BB-8, and Ray. It looks mm-hmm. like it's on a similar thing, if similar. not the same one. Yeah, Warwick. Yeah, kind of looking at, over look- the back of the previous shot, it does sort of seem like it could be the same thing, but it, if it is, yeah. it's quite long. Daisy Ridley is standing next to an X-34 fuselage. Okay. Which is Luke's Landspeeder as an X-34. Ah, so it's all cobbled again, I cobbled together. because I've spent the past week making one for Fire When Ready. So uh, it, it's a nice little Easter egg that very much looks like an X-34. Yeah, I think, you know what? Looking at it, that could well be the case. Mm-hmm. From my limited kind of knowledge of the yeah. various models and stuff. I only know that because I've been yeah. working very close to them. Yeah, yeah, week. fair enough. <laughs> uh, next photo is probably my favourite one of the bunch. Uh, in a historic reunion, Lando Carizian retakes the helm of the Millennium Falcon, joined by Poe Dameron, Chewbacca, Dio, and BB-8. He's a survivor, yeah. William says of Lando. That's an awesome shot. I, I'm not a fan of him wearing the same clothes as he did in Solo. It's it might they can make it work for me. Yeah, I, I, you said before if they kind of do it as a joke, that's fine. But it's. It's, it's on the nose. It, it comes back to that lack of subtlety you, you often complain about. Yeah. It's obviously, it's going to people, hey, it's the same guy from Solo. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you yeah. get it? Yeah. And we get it mm-hmm. because it's the same actor as last time. <laughs> yeah, but as you rightly point out, we get it. Yeah. But we were talking about this earlier, right? The, the movie going public might not have actually even seen Empire. Maybe. They might just be exposed to the new films and that might be their limit. Now, yeah, possibly. I'm not suggesting for any one second that they shouldn't address this because there's so much fun to be had. Yeah. Maybe, well, fun might be the wrong word with Empire. Um, so much harrowing story <laughs> yeah. to be had. So, you know, Maybe. there's plenty there. But I, I wonder if that might just be because they can't, re- they, you know, maybe they're not presuming that people mm-hmm. know, or maybe even that people will recognize Billy D. Maybe. Some years yeah. have passed. But what is that that Poe's leaning on? So it's not normally part of the cockpit. It looks new, doesn't it? Looks the thing with the sort of blue coaxium, coaxium, like a little panel in the middle that sort of yeah, yeah, it's odd. I don't know whether looks, it's a, that, but does it look a bit coaxium to you? Yeah, I, th- I would, I would think it probably is. Yeah, um, I don't know. It looks like it could be a new fit, like an addition to yeah. it. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch Last Jedi with that in mind, looking to see if there's any mm. modifications in the Falcon or even Force Awakens, maybe. It looks a very modded up cockpit, actually. Maybe it's found its way back to but Lando in the meantime. The then panels, the, just the panels up and to the left of Poe look very new. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, it was in the Battle of Crate, so maybe it's taken a bit of a pasting. Maybe. Maybe, they've had, maybe they've had to modify it, and maybe Lando <laughs> and or Chewie have made some modifications. I'm not sure I like this new droid. It looks too much like the Pixar lamp. It is a little... For me, it's just a little basic as designs go. You think about how good BB-8 is and how much personality is in that little face. Yeah. It's like the antithesis of that. Mm. But then at the same time, with performance, it might come off. 
you know? Yeah, totally. These are all just initial impressions of mine. Yeah. It's all, I mean, most of it's based on still images as well, with, especially mm-hmm. with the droids. So it's hard to, it's hard yeah. to be sure. But yeah, it does look a little bit like it's, uh, how to explain it? Looks it looks like a rejected draft for BB 8. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, that's, maybe that's where they yeah. kept it, you know? Uh, do you reckon Poe makes his way, finds his way onto the Falcon in the cockpit at any point? Um, I think it would be a good idea to have a, uh, who's supposedly the greatest pilot in what's supposedly I can fly the anything. ship. Yeah, I can, I can fly anything. Yeah, he says in uh, Force the best Awakens. Pilot in the best ship. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair enough. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and then what else is there to say? Chewie looks magnificent. Mm-hmm, always. Yeah, just, just magnificent. So, uh, Finn and new ally Janna, so this is number eight, yes. atop Hardy Orbacks, lead the charge against the mechanized forces of the First Order. It's extremely surreal to be in it, says Aki, and see how it works from the inside. Oh, so there's like a Tauntaun style scene then. <laughs> or does she mean... Yeah, oh, they're weird looking animals, they're kind of horse meat wild boar looking. Yeah, like horse meat warthog. I love of. her way she's riding that as well, that looks amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's interesting though, isn't it? Like if you think about Last Jedi mm-hmm. and Finn and Rose's Canto Bite outing yeah. and how she's really against them using the, you know, uh, like the abuse yeah. of animals and then you saddle them up and ride them around a couple, weeks, couple of weeks later. Yeah, into mm. battle. Well, she's obviously not there to lecture, is she? No, really? no, no. She, she's noticeable by her absence, yeah. Um I do like the fact that the caption of the title of the image is horsing around, which I'm assuming is a Bojack reference, but you know, yeah. uh, but it does look like you say, it's a very cool, Uh-oh. you know, very cool shot. Why she's got a bow. I don't know. I mean, that may come into story, but is it a thing that we've seen in star Wars? A bow caster. A bow caster uh, is still he, an energy weapon. Bows. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Maybe it's just as simple as that. Yeah, maybe she's good at it. Could just be that. Could just be a skill. Yeah, they. I mean, a lot of things have gone for that sort of Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, bows are cool kind of vibe mm-hmm. in recent years across media. So it may just be an extension of that. Yeah, I've I've felt that way since Thomas Jane used one of the Punisher. To be honest, fair. Uh, number nine, camera operator. Camera. Oh man, camera operator Colin Anderson ready to take. I love that guy. That's easy for me to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah clearly so Annie got, does as well because there's three folks. Chewie and, Chewy and Daisy Ridley there as well. Yeah. Back on Indeed. the back of the wagon. Back on the back of the wagon. They're back on the wagon. Oh, no. Back on the wagon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. They were doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. Uh, Jordanian locals play the Akiaki, natives of the planet Pasana. Okay. They look a bit They're like Aqualish. Uh, yeah, like Lovecraftian Aqualish. Yeah. Um,. I, like that. I really just like those rocks in the distance as well as planet. It's very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, this I've is never why been... I thought, this is why I thought it was Jeddah at first because mm. they've got a similar. I think they did film bits of, bit of that in Jordan as well. I don't know whether they did or not, but it looks like it could be. Mm-hmm. Now this is one of the ones that's got people talking. Yeah, number eleven. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren and Ray battle out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. Their force connection, what driver calls their maybe bond will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. Now, one of the reasons mm-hmm. that pe- a lot of people are talking about this photo 
it's, it's a great photo. It really it's a is. great photo. It's important to caveat that there was a really great photo from Phantom Menace that didn't make it into the final film mm. of Obi-Wan and Maul kind of facing off. Yeah. But that looks very suspiciously like the Death Star. So people are, people are suspecting that this might be on, you know, where you see the Death Star at the end of uh, the teaser. People are theorizing that that might be... Well, I don't know where people... Maybe a little bit. Yeah, like the outer really, the outer side. Yeah, maybe. It, it's possible. Yeah. It would almost... The only thing that would worry me about that is it's almost a bit... I don't know if you've seen, um, or if you have, how recently you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean 3, World's End. Oh, I saw it in the cinema, so what? Yeah, Jack Sparrow and uh, I want to say Davy Jones fighting on the top of a mast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's sort of, it almost kind of... High place is dangerous. It's like, well, I mean, one's undead and one's Jack Sparrow, who's the hero of the yeah. film. I think they're, I think they're safe, you know. Yeah. And I feel like that might be, there might be a bit of that plan at play here. Having said that, I mean, like I say, it's a, it's a great photo, but it has got. I say, I, th- I think this might is the most likely one to be a to be a production kind of promotional shot because. I would guess they don't do the lightsabers in proper <laughs> photography. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They put yeah, that stuff on in post. heavily photoshopped, as yeah. I said, said earlier, so we might as well have done it by that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, don't, they tend to do those things post-production, is my understanding, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise a lot of fingers go missing. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, but uh, Kylo looks cool. Ray looks yes. cool. It's... Um, I don't know. Are they actually fighting or are they fighting against something together? I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm. It looks like they're kind of, you know, one's kind of sidling into the other. But then, like you say, they could be kind of about Ray's to go back to back. Both, but look at it. You could have a monster in oh, the background maybe. vaguely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking. There's like a shape behind Ray that kind of looks yeah, like it could just be weather. Yeah. But it could also be a monster of some sort or whatever. Ian McDermott. Yeah, it could be Ian McDermott. Let's hope not, because that would be a little over the top. All right, Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least let's clarify that we don't just mean the actor's going to just kick off at them. Hello. <laughs> who are, yeah, who are you? Uh, oh, of course, you have no reason to understand. You know what? Just, ah. <laughs> um, voiced by Mumra in this version, apparently. Apparently. Uh, so, what do you make of the armed and operational battle station? The force connection stuff about running deeper than revealed. Yeah, uh, there's no grounding for that. It could be marketing talk. It could just be groundless speculation. It could be nothing. Yeah, um, it, that's so vague. Mm. Really deeper than previously revealed, considering what's all that's been revealed is a series of questions. Yeah. I bloody hope so. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Maybe, well, I mean, that could be, the the bond could have been created by Palpatine and actually Snoke is just taking credit for somebody else's work. Or maybe he's... Uh, I'm done with that. He would, you know, it would require, you know, Kylo says it in dialogue in Last Jedi, you couldn't be doing, you can't be doing this, the, struggle, the strain would kill you. Or mm. the, the, the force required would kill you. Maybe even Snoke's not capable, and maybe Palpatine's done it, or maybe Snoke's done it mm-hmm. with Palpatine's help, and maybe that's the only way it can be done. Mm. So maybe it goes deeper in that respect. 
Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It would be a nice revisit of this Nokia's Palpatine theory because obviously a lot of people are now written that off and it would yes. be a way of bringing it back in. Yeah, I sort of hope they don't bring it back in so much as, you know, you can have... For me, there's a sort of a difference between having Palpatine as the sort of puppet master and actually mm. having him be Snoke. That goes beyond... That goes from the kind of cool into the dumb to me. Yeah, okay. It jumps, it jumps that. that particular shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I, I follow that. Number 12. Yes. Director and co-writer J.J. Abrams and crew weather the Jordanian sun to capture the action on Planet Pasana. Oh, there we go. So that's Planet Pasana. Okay. That's the not answer. A lot, mate. Lot, not a lot to get from that one. No, no, indeed. It's some dudes in shorts. It is some dudes in shorts and cameras and related equipment. Mm-hmm. Number 13. I like this one a lot, yeah. I have to say. Composer John Williams conducting the Star Wars score, drawing on themes and motifs he has woven across four decades. I didn't think there'd ever be a second film, he says. You shouldn't be paying attention. Well, quite. Yeah. Number 14. Have you ever heard him talk? John Williams? Yeah. No, I can't say I have. He talks like Ned Flanders' parents. He's, he's, he sounds like oh, a real big dick. Amazing. I need to hear that now. And says, everyone's baby. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good, baby. We just did sounds that. good, baby, yeah. Yeah, no, that's how he talks. He's a real cool cab, man. He's <laughs> yeah. Without any exaggeration, that's how John Williams talks. Amazing. Yeah. Number fourteen, probably one of the more evocative images from the set. Yeah. Mark he Hamill looks cold. He looks cold. Mark Hamill he looks like he's just gotten out of the pool. Mark Hamill as Luke with R two D two. Yeah. Speculation is rampant about who will rise as the Skywalker of the movie's title and how that choice will reflect the way the world has changed since Star Wars debuted in nineteen seventy seven. Okay. Um, I just assumed this was another flashback sequence to the um, Jedi Temple. I don't remember there being much foliage on the Jedi Temple planet. Oh, I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if it might be Mark, Ghost Mark, looking back on something that he was at, but not the Jedi Temple, but as a Force ghost now. Indoor Holocaust. I mean, maybe some, something along those lines is what yeah. the kind of thing I mean. It's like he's looking back on something that he was either at or that R two was at or that he knows about, and he's a force ghost in that, or he's mm. kind of just putting himself in that position, kind of in his mind, and he's not there really. Mm-hmm. Like he's there corporeally, like yeah. not there corporeally rather. I'd be surprised if this shot was in the film. It's also another point. Yes, yeah, another possibility very, as well. It's just very posed for a photograph rather than for a film. Everything like the way the cape's billowing around R2. Yeah. It, it's too composed to be... It would be a hell of a steal, wouldn't it, if they managed to capture that mid-flip. Exactly. Mid yeah. I Could suspect that's a promo photo just for the fact that Mark Camille's in the film. Yeah. That's Could my take anyway. As Could always, I'm probably wrong. Cause well, we'll, we'll find out, won't we? All right, if you want. No, no, I mean, we, we just will. <laughs> this is kind of really belligerent. There's a, well, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah, that's how time works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then 15 and 16 are a pair of variant covers for the Vanity Fair magazine. Yeah. Um, and for those who are curious, uh, you can also read about Mindy Kaling's Next Frontier, uh, Brian Cranston and Kerry Washington on stage, and uh, the return of fashion's preppiest, preppiest empire, among others. First order, I'm guessing so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you saw the look that uh, Hux, yeah. and Hux and Pride it was smoldering, 
Yeah, it does sound like an 80s kind of one-hit wonder pop song, doesn't it? Yeah. First order blokes, hugs and pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the covers are fine. They're not a bit rain kind of rain, aren't they? I guess so, yeah. There's not, I mean, a lot, there's not a lot to take away from that. Not really. It's true. Yeah. There's, yeah, speculation's obviously going to be kicking off rife with some of those. Sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's, you know, there's plenty there to sort of chew over in so much as, uh, you know, the actual images. I'm going to have to, I think, go and track down this actual uh, spread and have a proper read of the uh, of the piece inside because mm-hmm. I imagine there's probably more to it than what's here. Because yeah. otherwise, what would the incentive to be the mag- to buy the magazine be? Well, quite. Yeah. As to which cover I get, that will depend on my mood. Yeah. If I feel like a light sider, that will be a ray. If I feel like a dark sider, that might be a Kylo Ren. Although, actually, the Kylo Ren is kind of slightly cooler anyway. Mm-hmm. But not to say that the Ray one is by any means not cool, because it is. But uh, the Kylo one is extra cool. So there you go. That's the um, that's the, the the breakdown of the Vanity Fair spread, and that about does it for Talk Star Wars this week. So thanks There's for a lot the, there. Yeah, this is it. There's quite a lot of uh, information contained within. You know, um, like I say, we've got confirmation of the Knights of Ren. We've got a couple of new planet names, a couple of new character names. It's a pretty good haul as information goes from what is ostensibly a very small, mm. you know, very small kind of output. It's actually quite, there's quite a lot there to chew over. And like I say, I'm hoping that the actual magazine itself might even yield a little bit more. Maybe not so much in the way of news, maybe a little, just a couple more pictures or maybe the opposite might be the same pictures with a bit more with a bit more um, a bit more info yeah yeah a bit more expansion and a bit more elucidation on what's there we'll see i guess but uh mm-hmm. you know the important thing is you'll hear about it if we learn more right here on talk star wars awesome because that's what we do so thank you for listening this week to talk star wars and every week if you're a regular and if you're not then you should probably remedy that and the best way would be to subscribe by using one of many different uh, podcast hosting services we're on all of the ones i can think of certainly apple podcasts or on youtube via emotionally 14's channel uh we're on spreaker all the android ones uh spotify apple podcasts i've done yeah, the, the, you know, all the ones you'd expect, we're there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, you can also, if you don't want to go through the rigmarole of signing up to a subscription, but you want to go and just get hold of it easily, talkstarwars.co.uk will take you directly to an embedded player page where you can get all the this episode and all the previous ones. And you can also find them every Monday at emotionally14.com. Now, if Monday doesn't work for you and you're finding yourself thinking, I could really go for a Saturday then the best way to get that would be to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkstarwars, where for as little as $1 per month, you can get an ad-free version of this show that releases on a Saturday UK time rather than the Monday UK time. And, you know, that's a really good deal, as far as I'm concerned, for the amount of content you get. Totally. Yeah. Uh, So you can do that at patreon.com slash talkstarwars. There is a link to that um, on the web, you know, various places. Uh, that I've touched on just now. Mm-hmm. Emotionally14.com is the website that produces all this wonderful stuff. Uh, in addition to this, there's also other wonderful podcasts, fantastic video series, written posts, and much, much more. 
I gave it a little bit of a plug at the beginning of the, at the top of this show, but you can also go to emotionally14.com and check out loads of stuff there. Brad, social media. Uh, well, as Rob just mentioned, there's loads of shows on Emotionally 14, and one of them is Fire When Ready, which is Adventures in Star Wars Tabletop Gaming, focusing on Star Wars Legion, Star Wars Armada, Star Wars Rebellion, and Star Wars Outer Rim, but we might do odds and sorts of other ones as well at some point. You can catch all of their shows on Emotionally14.com, and you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Fire When Ready UK. If you want to hear what I'm talking about, specifically me, the best one, then you can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash Brad Harmer Barnes where you can put up with my constant wittering. If you want slightly more sporadic wittering with yeah, you know, just slightly more Twitter. sporadic really. There's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot, of, lot not a lot to endorse it really. It's it's uh, at real Brad HB on Twitter. And if you want occasional postings on Instagram, then you can go to at real Brad HB there. If you want to hear more wittering with monsters and stuff, then you can buy my books on Audible and Amazon. Yes, indeed. And you can do that via emotionally14.com by visiting Brad's entry on the Team E fourteen page and you can see links to his books there. I really think you should. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rob Wade Vision. And if you're talking to Emotionally 14 or Talk Star Wars on Twitter or Instagram, which are, they're available on both, you are probably talking to me. So, uh, you know, enjoy that should you choose to do so. Uh, I would be remiss, as always, if I didn't mention the fine podcast of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. So in addition to Talk Star Wars, you can also enjoy Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, The Nerd Room, Rogue Squadron podcast, the San Diego Sabres radio podcast, the Retro Inc. podcast, and the Sandcrawler cast. All of those are available on the web at starwarscommonwealth.com. You can find the latest episodes there and take your first steps into a larger world. Thank you very much for listening to Talk Star Wars this week. We will see you next week for episode 171. And until then, be good to each other and may the force be with you.